0: this morning, open them with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, amen, I don't know what that's all about there, praise God, alright, it's something, it's kind of making that sound behind me again too, Greg, it was something back there that was doing that, so, amen, alright, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and let's jump in at verse number 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. You also be open. Amen. Wow. Let's um, let's look at a couple more verses. Um, This one out of Isaiah 54 and 2. I'll put it up on the screen. It's okay. You don't have to turn there. It says, Enlarge the place of your tent... And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Uh, That same passage from the message translation clear lots of ground for your tents, make your tents large, spread out, think big. Do you see that? That right there? Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep in Matthew the 13th chapter again message translation verse number 12 Jesus speaking whenever someone has a ready heart for this the insights and understanding flow freely but if there is no readiness any trace of receptivity soon disappears he goes on to say that if there's no readiness of heart people can stare at the truth until they're blue in the face or hear it until doomsday comes and never see it and never hear it even though the truth is right there in front of them Now. We have commented and preached from these verses uh, last uh, Sunday morning, last Sunday evening. And there's, there's a part of last Sunday's message that we still got to finish for those of the, that were here for that. And we're going to get to that hopefully tonight, all right? But there's some things that I want you to see as far as the bigger picture and how all of this relates to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us during this season, during this time uh, of our growth and development together. And what we've looked at in Ephesians is that there's this great plan that Father God has. It's referred to as the fellowship of the mystery. It's referred to as the manifold grace of God, the multidimensional plan of God that is unfolding Uh, in our lives and that plan or this manifold grace could be summed up in one word if we use the word oneness oneness and we've said that this plan is eternal it's elaborate and it's audacious and the plan brace yourself now the plan was birthed in the eternal heart of God And this plan involved God expanding His glory, expanding His glory, enlarging His glory, by expanding Himself, by enlarging Himself. Now, if some of this sounds a little foreign and bizarre to you, I want to reference you back to the verses we looked at this morning, okay? That is that we need a ready heart to receive, amen? How many of you you know everything in the room? If you know everything in the room, raise your hand. Amen. Obviously, we don't know everything. Amen. And I would even dare say that if we were to come on this side of the stage and pile up everything we know, and then come over on this side of the stage and pile up everything that we don't know, the pile of stuff that we don't know yet would be bigger than the pile of stuff we know. Amen. But even if you're one of those rare people, you actually know more things than you don't, if there's anything in the stack of stuff you don't know, that means there's room for us to learn things and hear things that we've never learned and heard before. Now, the Bible says that the God we serve uh, goes exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. Now, what we've got to realize then is that God is talking about things here that go beyond comprehension. They go beyond your ability to comprehend or process with a meek computer. Which means these are things that if we're ever going to understand them, we're going to have to understand them by faith with the heart. That's why Jesus said, if you have a ready heart for these things. Now, in these other two verses, first of all, the one from Isaiah 54 and 2, where he says, enlarge the tent. He's literally saying that you have to make room in your life for God to be able to do what He desires to do in you, for you, and through you. And I'm going to offer to you a, a very strong statement this morning, okay? Okay but i believe it's true and and we've commented again on this in the past but let me let me just make the statement again this morning i believe that god is doing in your life this morning what he is only able to do in other words we we think that we're waiting on god to come through for us he's already come through for you brother sister we we think that we're waiting on god to do something for us my friend he's already done for you everything that you will ever need uh you know done for you uh period. He's already given to you the Bible says everything that pertains to life and godliness. We've got to get out of this mode that we're waiting on God to do something and instead we need to realize that God and His ability to work in our lives is being limited not by the devil and and certainly not by His love for you, not by His affection or heart for you, but His ability to work in your life is being limited by your affections being limited by your heart for Him is being limited by what you're willing to to, to give and your level of response, amen, to Him. Now, some people don't like that kind of preaching. And I learned that the hard way in my life, but some people don't like that kind of preaching. But I love that kind of preaching, amen. I love that truth, because that means there's something that we can do to experience and even expedite, speed up what God is desiring to do in and through our lives. Now, notice he says in... um, Again, now I don't know, we're going to tie some of these together and move on. But in 2 Corinthians, he says, our heart is, is wide open. In other words, what is he saying? He's saying, I'm not holding anything back from you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not withholding anything from you. And, and that's not just the Apostle Paul's heart for them. It's God's heart from us, for us. rather. He, he's withheld no good thing from us. Somebody say amen to that. He's withheld no good thing from you. The Bible says it this way in Romans 8. He spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How will He not now with Him, Jesus returned back to Him, freely give to us all things? But He says you are restricted, you are limited, you are being held back but not by us. You're being restricted by your own affections. You're being restricted, you're being limited, you're being held back by the things that you've set your heart upon. By the things that you are going after in life. By the things that you've made a priority in your life. You're being limited by the way you're managing your time you're only experiencing so much of what God has for you and has freely given to you because you have placed a priority on other things. You've made other things more important to, to, in your life. And because your life is only, can only contain, your heart can only contain so much, you've filled your heart with other affections And because you filled your heart with other affections, those other affections are limiting, restricting, holding you back from living in a fuller way the life that God created you to live. This is not condemnation. This is not to condemn you. This is to set you free. Keep asking. I'm going to ask you again, does anybody want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall you keep hitting? So what is that wall that we keep hitting? It's not God stopping you. God won't and the devil can't. It's our own affections. It's, it's the choices that we make. It's, it's, it's the things that, that we set our heart upon. It's the priorities that we have in our lives. You can call it an experiment or whatever. It's an experiment only from the sense that I'm experiencing new things in my life, but it's not an experiment in the sense that it's only something I'm doing for a limited time. But I, I have experimented with this, and I'm here as a personal witness to you to tell you that if you will alter your affections and set more and more of your affections on the things of God, on the Word of God, on hearing and receiving into your heart, anointed preaching and teaching for hours upon hours a day. I'm not just talking about playing around with this. I'm talking about getting serious with this. The limits, the restrictions, the things that are holding you back, they can't hold you back anymore. They can't stop you anymore. Amen. Amen. Now I want to go back to the message version of fifty-four Isaiah fifty-four two. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Think big. One of the key ways that that God's ability is limited in our lives is by our own thinking I got to make sure I got the right bunch this morning Amen. Amen. see I, I can almost feel some of you fighting back against this don't fight back against this listen to me say you say nothing can limit God Pastor Mark read your Bible yes the Bible says Jesus went to his own hometown And He could do no mighty miracle there. Not that He wouldn't. The Bible says He could not do any mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Now, I know that I may be thinking like a man, but Jesus was a man. And if there was ever anybody Jesus would want to heal, it would be the people He grew up with. It would be His neighbors. Jesus, the Bible says, did no miracles until he was 30 years old. So for 30 years, he lived in a community with people who were sick, children who were hurt, people who were suffering. So when he comes back to his hometown to roll up his sleeves and bring healing, and ministry and deliverance to those people the Bible says he could not not that he would not he could not he could not because of their unbelief but listen to me let me show you how that unbelief was expressed they said things like where does he get these things who does he think he is is this not Mary and Joseph's son did did Jesus and his father not make our kitchen table Now let's tie some things together. He said you got to expand your tent. You got to lengthen your cords and you got to drive your your support system deeper into the earth. The word of God is the basis. It is the support system for our faith. You can't believe beyond your knowledge of God's word. Kenneth E. Hagin said it this way, uh, faith begins where the will of God is known. When you know the will of God, the Word of God contains His will, it activates faith in your life. So you've got to to deepen those stakes to support a a, a larger tent. Amen. And that, that supporting is the Word of God flowing into your life. That faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now I want you to notice something here. Jesus actually being the Messiah did not fit into their minds. Let me say it another way. That He was actually the Son of God who had the power to heal, there was no room in their thoughts and thinking for that reality, for that truth. Are you seeing this? I'm going to say it another way. The door of their minds was closed and locked tight To the possibility of Him actually being the Son of God. Are you you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? There was no room in their thinking for that possibility. There was no room in their mindset, in their attitude, in their in their attitude, in their mindset, in their matitude. Amen. There was no room for it. If they were going to benefit from what He came to do for them, they were going to have to enlarge their tents... And they were going to have to rearrange their affections. They were going to have to clear some things out to make more room. And they were going to have to add on, expand to make more room. Now again, this is not a word to condemn you this morning. Father God is speaking to you by the Holy Spirit this morning. There are some things in your life that need to be dealt with. There are some things in your life that need to be taken care of. And only He can deal with them. Only He can take care of them. Only He can change them. Only He can set you free. Only He can heal you. Only He can make the difference in your life that needs to be made. But your affections have filled up your mind. They have filled up your heart to the point that there is no more room for him to be able to do anything further in your life until you make the tent bigger and until you change the affections and get some of that stuff out of your mind, out of your heart, so that he'll have room to come in and do what he needs to do and what you desire to be done. Restrictions. Limits. You've tied his hands. So I don't believe that, Pastor Mark. I just don't believe that. The Bible says He's the Word of God made flesh. And Jesus said this. He said, "Your traditions have made the Word of God, the very word that upholds, sustains, moves forward, the universe. He said, "Your traditions have rendered it powerless and ineffective in your life." Again, what's re- what is he saying? What's really being said? Their minds were so packed full of their own self-importance, their own religious traditions, things that they had developed, things that catered to their fancies, things that, that, that made them feel better about themselves. Their lives, their minds, their relationship, and I'm using dittos, amen, if you're listening by audio recording. Their relationship with God was so focused on the traditions and the religious traditions, the religious mindsets and attitudes, that when the Son of God showed up in front of them, there was no room for Him. See, we, th- we talk about no room for Him in the inn. That wasn't the problem. The problem is, no room for Him in people's hearts. I was, I was reading yesterday. Are you ready for this one? This, this is a classic example. I was reading yesterday of of Jesus' trial when he was beaten with a whip and all that other stuff, right? So, if you remember how that story goes, they tied him up, beat him up, tied him up, beat him up, carried him to Pilate because they could, you know, Rome is ruling Israel and Jerusalem and they can't, they want to kill him, but they can't without Roman permission. And so they carry him to Pilate. They carry him to Pilate and Pilate invited them to come in are you ready for this they wouldn't go in because they did not want to defile themselves by going into Pilate's house they've got the creator of the universe bound with ropes have already punched him in the face and are trying to kill him and they're so stupid that that they are doing they're about to kill the the god who created them they're about to strip him naked and murder him and yet they're so caught up and their minds are so filled with their own religious traditions that they won't go into the, that man's house i've seen it over the years people have no room in their hearts for healing they have no room in their hearts for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. They have no room in their, for their religious traditions, and what Mom and them believed and how we used to do it at our church, they, that stuff has so filled their hearts, there's no room. And they're stuck like Chuck. That, if you're Chuck, I don't mean to offend you, praise God. They're, stuck like, they're just stuck like glue. Amen. If your name is Lou, I'm not trying to offend you, okay? They're stuck. And so then they get on television and say crazy things like, well, you know, God just doesn't do that anymore. They never consider that there's no room in their life for God to do that. Because their tent is small, because their thinking is small, and it is packed, even in the attic, is filled with their own. Even uh, See, religious traditions are nothing more than just things that people set their heart on. Are you understand what I'm saying? Well, that's not how we do it at our church. Well, that's not, that's not how I was raised. Well, maybe you were raised wrong. Maybe you were raised wrong. Maybe what you think is possible is wrong. Maybe Jesus was telling the truth. My mother had a conversation. When they just talking, it was a retired pastor, they were just having a conversation. They were talking about, you know, the things of God. And, and she just, the Lord laid down on her heart. She just shared John 14, 12 with him. The works that I do, you'll do also in even greater works because I go to my father. You know what that pastor told her? I mean, all of a sudden, the whole conversation changed. He got very stern with her and he said, the Bible does not say that. He's like, well, I mean... John 14, 12 is the Bible, right? I mean, the Gospel of John, right? I mean, the Bible doesn't say that. See, no room in his thinking for anything other than what he's already filled his heart with. No room. Can't can't squeeze that in. It doesn't fit. Now, what am I trying to tell you this morning? Why, Why... you know, we were on a roll dude we were on like six sermons in a row fellowship of the mystery manifold grace of god beyond comprehension audacious i mean we were on a roll and all of a sudden man, it's like the holy spirit slammed the brakes on i'm like is this another sermon series what what is all this he's like no before you go any further you need to spend some time right here for a minute are we going to preach this stuff for another three or four weeks and folks just going to sit there and let's sail right over their heads remember what he said to us the first morning If you weren't here, I'll repeat it. The first morning that we talked about this, remember what he said? He said to us, the Holy Spirit said to us through me, to every one of us, myself included, he said to us, you have got to get this. But if your thinking's too small and your affections are set in such a way on other things, there'll be no room in your heart for these truths. Amen? So he's saying, make room in your life for me to work in you. Make room in your life for me to add to you. He's saying, expand your thinking to make room for the real reason you exist. The tent is your mind and your affections are the things that fill it up. The Holy Spirit is saying to us enlarge the tent by thinking bigger and make room by cleaning some things out. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Small thinking will always produce small living. Wrong thinking will always produce wrong living. You cannot change the way you live unless you allow the Holy Spirit to help you change the way you think. Your behavior will always line up with the inward image that you have of yourself and your life in your mind. You have had an image of who you really are and what you're capable of. You've had that image formed in you over the years of your life, by this world, by your family of origin, by your many life experiences. That image of yourself inside of your mind has been formed there starting with conception in your mother's womb. There is research now that shows that how a mother responds to the child growing inside of her affects that child's mental and emotional well-being. You see, that, that, that doesn't sound possible to me. That doesn't sound credible to me, Pastor Mark. You know, we are talking about an egg and a woman and a seed and a man coming together and a human being coming from that. So slow your roll before you start talking about what seems possible. But if you want to just set that aside, that's fine. But an image of your potential, an image of the reason for your existence, your, your self-worth, your, uh, uh, you know, what you are able to accomplish in life, who you really are, all of that, that image was being formed in you, forged in you, built in you, from the time that you were conceived, and if you don't believe that, then how about from the time that you were born, and if you don't believe that, how about from the time you came to on planet Earth around three to five years old? And it continues to this day. And your life reality will never rise above the image that you carry inside of yourself of your life, of your potential, of your capacity, of your abilities. You may catch glimpses. This is why there's so much coveting in the body of Christ. This is why there's so much jealousy and envy. It's because we see other people doing things. We see other people having things. We see other people enjoying things. And yet the image that we have of ourselves and our own life inside of us tells us that we can never have those things. We can never do those things. We can never accomplish those things ourselves. And so we we become envious and jealous. We begin to accuse God of not being fair, playing favorites, blah, blah, blah. And it's a lie. It's a lie from the pits of hell. There's been an image formed inside of you and your life reality will always line up with that image and that image was formed in you again, ultimately by the world. The devil doesn't have the power to do it, but he manipulates things and circumstances and situations and other people around you to try to form within you wrong beliefs, wrong opinions, wrong possibilities and potential understanding of your potential inside of you. Please hear what I'm saying. That image, there's an image that exists in each and every one of us that has been formed in us over a extended period of time in our lives and whatever that image looks like it's going to be reflected in your life reality and your life will never change outwardly listen to me now when you're born again I got good news for you Jesus takes that old man and puts him to death and he puts a new man inside of you He puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. He puts his own image inside of your spirit That's why if you could step outside of your body right now and we could see your born-again spirit The Bible says it doth not yet appear what we will be like But we know this when we stand face to face with Jesus We will look like him because we're already like him right now. It's the new man. It's the new creation and he He put a new image inside of you. There are people who believe in such craziness as we now have two natures. You do not have two natures. The old man that you once were died and buried with Christ and you were raised to newness of life. The reason it seems like you have two natures is because your old man left an imprint. He left an image of who he used to be in your soul, in your mind, in your thinking. And so we live like the old man that we were instead of the new person we became because we still live according to the old image instead of the new image but listen to me please the Bible says that the Word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces and as we take the Word of God into our hearts and into our lives we are chipping away we are chipping away we are breaking down that old image but the same word that's breaking down the old image is building a new image in our minds of who we are in Christ building a new image of someone who is just as right before God in the eyes of God building a image inside of me that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me building an image inside of me that I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus building an image inside of me that I can do the works of Jesus and even greater works because greater is he who lives inside of me than he who is in the world against me Hallelujah. hallelujah it's an image inside of you that's got to go It's an image inside of you that's got to go, and a new image that's got to be built. Everybody talking about self-image, got a poor self-image, low self-image. No, 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 listen to me. It's not self-image. It's the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that when you take the veil off of your heart, and you behold the glory of Jesus, as if you are looking in a mirror, you will be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. It's a new image being formed in me. You know why people say crazy things like, well, God made me this way. No, no, sister, brother. God didn't make you that way. An image has been formed inside of you. That's how powerful this is. You listen to me and you listen to me well. You please hear me. you got folks, God created me to this. God, God did not create you to sin. And if you are a born-again man or woman, you have a choice. And with every temptation... Jesus has made a way of escape. Well, I just don't know how I got, how I wound up naked in bed with that man. Well, yeah, you know how you did. You made a choice. Now, thank God for his love and his mercy and his grace. But these things can be so powerful. I've had so many people tell me over the years, well, God made me this way. He did not make you that way. An image has been formed in you. And your life will always line up with that image. That's why until that image is removed and the right image is established in us, that's the progressive work of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the blood of Jesus covers all sin because in the process of the wrong image being chipped out of my life and the new one being established in my life I'm going to make some mistakes I'm going to commit some sin I'm going to do some things that are wrong I'm not justifying it I'm not saying it's right and I'm not saying that there aren't potential consequences for me making those choices but you hear me and you hear me well none of that will ever separate me from the love of God none of that will ever remove me. Because the Bible says this new covenant is a covenant where God Himself will show mercy to my unrighteousness. We've got to get the right image. We've got to become righteousness conscious, not sin conscious. You're not a sinner saved by grace. There's no such thing. That just shows you how confused the devil tries to keep us, right? I was once a sinner. I've now been saved by God's grace, which has made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm just as right before God in the eyes of God as Jesus Himself. Are you hearing me? That's the image that has to be formed in us. And only the Word of God by the Holy Spirit can do it. And only a willingness on your part to cooperate with Him. I wish he could create a right image in me watching House Hunters International on Home and Garden TV, but it just—it just doesn't happen, right? That doesn't mean it's a sin. But if I'm going to set my affections on that instead of the Word of God, there's only so many hours in my day. There's only so much mental energy I have to invest. There's only so much time I have to think about something. And the more I set my mind on the things of the Spirit, the more I allow the Word of God to come into my life, the anointed preaching and teaching of the Word of God, that it fills my heart. Remember remember what he, he told Joshua? He said, do not let it out from in front of your face. Be strong, be courageous, keep the Word of God in front of you. And let's get on with this. It's, 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 we we drug our feet. We've wasted a whole generation, Joshua. Let's let's just let's just move on, right? He's saying it's time. It's time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Small thinking will lead to small living. Wrong thinking will lead to wrong living. Limited thinking will lead to to limited living. Let me finish right here. A closed heart closes the door on the potential Father has placed in your life. When you close your heart to the greater truths of God's Word, you close the door to the realities those greater truths will produce. Singers, musicians, if you would come, please. We used to play a game on the playground in school. They probably outlawed it with, probably outlawed this one before dodgeball, but. Anybody ever play a little Red Rover, Red Rover? Send Jaden right over, Amy. Did you ever play that, Jaden? Red Rover, Red Rover? Send Danny right over. If you never played the game, you used, everybody hold hands facing each other across the playground, and they'd say Red Rover, Red Rover, send Mark right over. Well, that means I'd have to take off running, and if I couldn't break the hand grasp, or if they clotheslined me and I didn't pull their hands apart, I was on. They captured me. I was on their team now. So you just keep doing that until you get everybody on one side of the... You see why they outlawed that game with dodgeball, right? But we would, we would back up, you know, we, we'd, get, we'd get a running start. You know, get as far back as we could to get as much momentum as we could because why? Because we're trying to break through something. We're trying to break through something. This is what these now three messages, the two last Sunday and, and now this one. This is this is about us getting a run and start. Because there's some things that we need to break through. Amen. Amen. The one thing the enemy never wants you to make room for in your thinking, that he never wants you to even consider the possibility of it being true, much less renew your mind to to the point that you live every day with the truth and reality of it in your life. Are you ready? You were created by God to be one with Him. See, there's a lot of folks that There's no room, because their minds are so filled with religious lies that there is no room in their minds for that truth. And yet, that's the truth. That's the truth. Amen. I want to ask the men who are going to serve communion to come. Brothers, it's okay to walk and come while I pray, okay? Father, thank you this morning for the things that you're saying to us, the things, Lord, that that You're teaching us. Father, there are so many folks in this room that used to have an image of themselves. The image image that they saw when they looked at themselves was the image of, of an addict. And yet, Father, Your Word has demolished that image, and now they see themselves for who they really are in You. Free. Free. Father, help us today. Take the things that you are showing us and saying to us. Lord, to to not let them stagger us, but Lord, that we would have made a place for these things in our heart ahead of even hearing and receiving. Lord, that we would come here on Sundays, Lord, Sunday morning, Sunday night, with room already cleared out space already made for the truths Lord that you have to impart to us thank you for it in Jesus name amen and amen they're about to serve communion to you if you're a guest with us we would love for you to partake of communion with us Um, if you're a member of the body of Christ you're a member of us amen if you're served first if you would please hold your emblems until everyone has been served And then we'll conclude the service by all partaking together.